This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is a special edition of the State of Recruiting. We'll call it an open mic, and I am joined by a good friend and uh, one of the best in the talent evaluation game. He is one of our national recruiting analysts uh, and evaluators here at 24-7. It is the great Gabe Brooks. Gabe, how's it going? It's going. I appreciate you having me. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I was thinking I had those, had some, some good time off there at the end of December. I think a lot of us did and knew what was coming. And even though uh, the end of December was not that long ago uh, between all American bowl and all of the, you know, the end of cycle ranking stuff and, and, you know, all the, the usual stuff on top of it. Like it's, it's, I think it's already time for maybe a couple of days here or there yeah. to, uh, to, to take it easy. You've got that that end of the cycle fatigue. I know you guys did a great job putting together the top two, four, seven uh, in the last week. And now you're going through and doing some more. We're going to talk about that. I really wanted to get you on a, to talk about the Texas class and, and what, what that class is bringing in, but also just a little rankings education for our listeners and readers. Um, you know, I think that there are a lot of questions about what goes into the process. Uh, and I know that, you know, talking to you, you and I talk almost daily basis about guys and where we think, you know, what, what we think of this and that, I guess uh, let's start with, what do you think are some of the most common misconceptions about the ranking process? Well, I, you know, I think that one of the big ones uh, is the weight that camps uh, hold or, or don't hold. Uh, I do think on a, on an individual basis, it can vary from person to person. Uh, but I think in general, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that camps are, or seven on seven, especially select uh, club seven on seven. I don't think that stuff holds as much sway as, as people may think it does. And I understand why they think that because we cover it, you know, we do top performers, uh, you know, but that a lot of that is, we need, you know, our, our readers want content and those are excellent opportunities for content, whether you're talking scoop or you're talking, you know, top performers. Um, I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, especially when it comes to quarterbacks, um, I'm somebody who, now there, you know, some of us, you guys like Greg Biggins been doing it as long as he has, he's got a, you know, a lot of experience with elite 11 and, has seen a, a ton of really good quarterbacks come out of California. knows what he's knows what he's watching. Um, I, I think that he can watch guys, you know, throw routes on air and, and in a camp setting, and 
get a pretty good feel for them. I personally, um, you know, I, I like seeing guys in person more to get the, the physical eyeball on the hoof look. Uh, but when it comes to quarterbacks, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty heavy on live action uh, uh, game stuff. Uh, that's not to say anybody else isn't. It's just that's my uh, quarterback's the hardest position, um, probably only offensive line uh, as far as projecting uh, long term. Um, O-line is the only one that probably even comes close, in my opinion. Uh, but quarterback has so many different variables. And I think that, uh, you know, you can't be you can't be relying on uh, non-game action too heavily uh, at any position, but especially quarterback. So I think camps, seven on sevens, uh, they're all just data points. That's the thing is that you want as many data points as possible. I, I think we're in an industry – that for a long time um, in its infancy and adolescence, uh, a lot of it was eyeball, like what are, what are my eyes tell me? And on some level, you definitely have to have some, uh, you know, some, some intuition and some uh, evaluation skill uh, to differentiate what your eyes are telling you about one guy or another. But at the same time, uh, I mean, you can look at, you know, baseball was really the one that was ahead of the game on analytics and, you know, saber metrics and all that. And basketball has really taken off with that. And football is starting to catch up. Uh, it's, it's, and then I think that it's, you know, the, the rankings process that we, that we do as far as the philosophy and all that, uh, I think is more and more data driven. And I, you know, Yes, you're going to miss on a lot. I mean, um, you're, you know, the NFL guys uh, in the draft miss on a lot of guys. It's That's how hard it is. Uh, and, and you're talking high school projection to, to NFL draft. I mean, it's extremely difficult, um, but it's fun. And, uh, you know, there's you're going to hit some, you're going to miss some. And, and the best the best thing you can do is have a philosophy and a process and and data points are are really uh, kind of the crux of that at this stage. Yeah, and I think the data stuff is important because it's such a crapshoot, right? Like you've said, and um, there's a lot of factors we can't evaluate. We don't know, uh, you know, to an extent. We get to know the kids a little bit, but you don't know how kind of mentally you know, tough they are in situations and uh, kind of the intangible stuff between the years. So I think the philosophy, correct me if I'm wrong, is is leaning on the data because it just reduces errors. Yeah, and and, and it also not only does it reduce errors, but it's you can point to something. Um, you know, you can, you can always point to something when you have data. And uh, understandably, I think a lot of I think a lot of folks' frustration uh, is is the concept that. Uh, well, I just think this guy's better, or I just think this guy's worse, or you know, I, you know, I think I think it's been that way in the past uh, on some level, but you know, now we we do our best to have data, and data can be anything from measurables as far as height, weight, arm length, wingspan, hand size, uh, to combine testing, forty shuttle, broad, bird, uh, L drill. And, you know, I mean, I know that 
I know that you know how big I am and, and most of us have become regarding track and field context because I mean it's the NFL draft data from recent recent years is just there's no denying the overwhelming uh, importance of track and field you know there were 32 first rounders uh, in this last draft of, the, of those 32 first rounders 27 were multi-sport 21 were track and field guys uh, you know certain positions especially like cornerbacks five first round cornerbacks last year uh, all, I think four, all five were multi-sport, four ran track. The other was a basketball guy. Um, two or three of them were, were three sport, you know, so it's, and, you know, it's more than just that one year sample size. And that's the, that's the key. I think where, I think where we can get better is trying to allow ourselves the time, uh, carve, carve out time, to do deeper dives in the last five drafts, the last 10 drafts. Uh, you don't want to go back too far because uh, the game is just so different. And, and, you know, maybe your, your data sample doesn't seem as, uh, as relevant to the modern game. Uh, meaning, you know, there, there just aren't that many uh, 260 pound inside linebackers uh, playing off the ball. Uh, nowadays like there were you know when we were growing up and you know the, like the Cowboys Steelers Super Bowls like Robert Jones and LeVon Kirkland and all those types of guys like those those just linebackers now are you know 230 235 some of them are even in the 220s um, and a lot of them played offense in high school um, most of them the majority of them played offense in high school as far as like the last three drafts. So, um, it, you know, I think that to, to really tighten up what we do, I think paying more attention, uh, it's not, not, I shouldn't say more attention. It's not really an issue of paying more attention. It's just finding time to get as much contextual information from the draft that we can considering we are being asked to project to NFL draft potential. Right. So with that in mind, I, I guess the the last thing I've, I've seen, you know, and look, it, it's an imperfect process. I know how much you guys put into it, but nobody's ever going to be happy. Nobody's ever going to be like, hey, good ranking. You know, it's we could talk the education part of it, but, it, you know, unless every class has 32 five stars and they're all going to one school, nobody's going to be uh, totally happy with everything. But I think also when you just kind of understand the way our company works is you know i saw somebody on our board say you know they just kind of they, they rank the guys that talk to them and give them access well i think that we do a great job of insulating our rankings from that because of the structure of our setup so you uh cooper patagna who's been on the show and, and chris singletary who will be on the show at some point um kind of are the main guys like crunching you know analysis and tape and uh out at these events just strictly from an evaluation standpoint not gathering recruiting scoop or anything like that um obviously you take input from the rest of the national team and in um you know i would also say that you take a lot of input from you know guys on team sites like me who get to see a lot of kids but you know how does i guess how does the process work or, or what does the org chart look like for for evaluations in that way 
Well, you're right. The the national team um, is is heavily involved. Uh, you know, West Coast, you got Greg Biggins, Brandon Huffman, Blair Angulo. Um, Southeast, you got Andrew Ivins, who's who's been really great. Um, you know, in the last year since I've been focused more on on this side of things. Uh, Alan True and Steve Wolfong in the Midwest, Brian Doan in the East. You know, it's we've got guys everywhere. And, you know, Cooper and Chris have, have been on the road some going to different events. And um, it, it's not it's certainly not uh, me and Coop and Chris dictating what's happening in the end. Um, having said that, you know, though, I, I think something people complain about is like, well, this is just a bunch of media nerds putting together their opinion. They, they don't really know what they're talking about. It's like, well, you know, Cooper and Chris have been direct uh, player personnel directors at a high major level. They, they each have been at Michigan. Uh, you know, Chris played at Michigan with Charles Woodson. Um, Cooper was also uh, the personnel guy at Washington and, and has been, you know, Washington, Oregon. So, these are football guys. And like, I mean, they have, they have been on teams uh, as, as personnel staff with many NFL players. And so they, they know they have a unique uh, perspective that adds to, you know, our more traditional media perspective. And it, I think it's a really good mix. Now, again, having said that, um, you know, guys like Greg Biggins and Brandon Huffman and Steve Wolfong and all those guys, like that they're they they're not just, you know, media guys who don't know what they're looking at. Like these are guys who know football and have, you know, have opinions. And uh, you know, there's all there's always gonna be a disagreement here or there, but um it's a really good team. It's probably as good of a as good of a team as I've worked with in the, about a decade of doing this. And, um, you, know, I, you know, as far as people thinking that, you know, we give favorable rankings adjustments because guys give scoop like that. It's just, it's just not reality. And, uh, I, you know, I, for me, it really comes down to evaluating and, you know, what, Living in football 365 days a year is is great. Um, having to quantify talent, um, having to put a, a, a number, uh, like a grade or a rating or, or a rank order, uh, quantifying um, in the evaluation process is just – it's a necessary evil um, because you, you want to have – the ultimate goal is like – all of these are, the, are the, the puzzle pieces, the building blocks to the team recruiting rankings, which is really what the the, the fans, the subscribers, the readers, you know, the people consuming the content, that's, that's what it ultimately is all about for them. Um, so it's a necessary evil in that sense. And I say evil because it's just – it's quantifying talent. Uh, it's just an extremely difficult thing to do uh, in the sense of – well, I'm smacking this label, you know, the five-star, four-star, three-star, uh, and and all, you know, w within the, the scale of the star system, um, how different one three-star can be from another. It, it's, uh, it, it's just a very, um, it, it, I think in a perfect world, 
you'd say uh, instead of saying, you know, Terrence Brooks, for example, top 100 player, uh, you know, that that's us thinking this guy could go in the top three rounds, you know, five years from now. Uh, I think in a perfect world, you'd say it would, it would just end at, well, yeah, I think Terrence Brooks could be an NFL draft guy eventually. And, you know, and, instead of, well, why do you like him better than, uh, you know, Jalen, why is he higher than Jalen Gilbo? So it, it's, it's not for us, it's not about, uh, you know, pitting the players against each other necessarily. It's, you have to put them in an order. And, and you know, it, like, and I'm sure that NFL personnel, uh, folks are the same way. Like, you know, all these guys can play, but you've got to have your big board come draft time. And uh, it's it's somewhat similar to that. Yeah, I think when you look at it on a really micro level, like even, you know, when you're talking about the difference between 29 and 32, they're probably not that different, you know, to get two mm-hmm. guys that have probably around the same rating. Um, but you've got to put one above the other. It's just the way rankings work. And, um, you know, even even the guy who ends up 33, who's a four-star, but he's just right outside the five-star. I mean, I'm sure – I don't know who – I just off the top, I don't know who it is in this year's 247. But I'm sure that guy got a lot of consideration for five stars, and, and there's a reason he's the number one, you know, the, the highest-ranked four-star in the country. So um, Definitely. Definitely. That's, that stuff all – you know, it, it could start to be kind of uh, – a little semantics when, when you get into it, let's go dive into this Texas class, which guys, you know, off the top, do you just, do, do you think you, you just really like, or guys you personally are a big fan of? Well, you know, I, I think that uh, after watching him at the all American Bowl, I was, I was already, you know, like the tape I had seen from Jamon tap, but seeing him uh, live in the all American setting against, you know, other high-level guys. Um, he wears 6'3", 247 really well. I mean, you know, if you you walked up and some, you know, somebody told you he weighed 250 pounds, you may not believe him uh, just because he wears it so well. So he's he's somebody – and, you know, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, he has a uh, – as a field demeanor to him. I mean, he has a uh, – an edge rusher's disposition. And – uh, he's somebody who's going to be really fun to watch develop. Uh, I think Kelvin Banks, I know Cooper, uh, we're all high on Kelvin Banks. But Cooper is especially high on him. And uh, I, I think he's somebody who could be, you know, really play just about any position you need him to. Uh, I think he's got left tackle length and right tackle. Uh, yeah, I mean, he could come in and probably play right tackle early. Uh, and, and as far as the inside spots, he's physical. I mean, he, he had some some clips on his senior reel that were uh, startlingly uh, punchy and, and physical. And, you know, when you got a big guy, a lot of these big guys, uh, they've been big their whole lives. And they've, they've been told by adults, like, all right, take it easy. Like, you're big, way bigger than these other kids. Like, don't hurt them. So, I think, you know, that's a reason that a lot of bigger players, whether football or basketball, uh, there's kind of these gentle giants is, is a common common theme. But this is not a gentle giant. <laughs> there's nothing gentle about the way he plays. I, I think uh, you know, I think there's a couple of, uh, of old linemen in this class like that. And uh, I think that 
you know, there's Justice Finkley, another edge guy like Tap, who has, I mean, you, you turn on the tape and there's there's just a different element to him uh, than a lot of guys you watch. Uh, and in the secondary, when you look at Terrence Brooks and Brian Allen and Jalen Gilbo, like those are all, uh, I think all three of those guys are very high floor players. These are guys who are, are not going to be uh, anchors uh, weighing down your, your roster at any of the spots they're playing because they, they are competent. They could probably get on the field early if needed. And they also have some developmental upside. I mean, Terrence Brooks is, has an NFL pedigree is super long, uh, one of the longest corners in the country. Um, and, you know, I, I think that defensively there's a, there's a lot of really good stuff uh, about this class, uh, you know, whether uh, line of scrimmage or, or in the secondary. So I want to stay on that line of scrimmage, talk about Devon Campbell committed and signed or signed in December, but made it official this week. Um, We've seen him a bunch and debuted in the top two, four, seven in what I would call five-star range. You guys obviously don't assign five stars to everybody in the top 32 until the end of the cycle, but has always been in that five-star top 25 range. So I, I want to, let you go a little bit on Campbell, but I think when you look at him, he's got kind of everything you look for. He's got the, I would say probably a high floor. He's got really nasty film. He's got some, some multi-sport stuff. You know, what, what should Texas fans be really excited about there? Well, he, he has a, uh, an athletic profile that is extremely good. Um, he, he's a, Three sport guy. He's football, basketball, and and the throws events and track and field. Um, you know, he's almost a fifty foot shot. Which you you hit that fifty threshold and the shot put is, is maybe similar to like the eleven second threshold in the hundred meters. Um, uh, he's he's about forty eight feet in the shot last spring. He's he's one twenty six almost in discus, which is respectable. Uh, so he's got, and, and you know, people, I think people wonder like, well, why does all that stuff matter? Well, again, like the drafts in recent years have really uh, shined the light on uh, the importance of multi-sport participation, especially track and field. And, and you know, the, these throws events. Uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. CBS Tonight, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale tonight, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Usually, uh, the majority of the time, our, our line of scrimmage players, and, and that speaks to uh, sudden explosiveness, 
um, you know, being able to have punch power at the point of attack. Uh, And, you know, there are guys who have great numbers who may not be punchy yet, but those numbers are a data point that suggests uh, that they are going to, they have some really high developmental potential uh, from a, you know, a line of scrimmage violence standpoint. Uh, now in Campbell's case, like there's not any doubt he's, he's violent. Um, uh, he, he's, he can dunk. What is he? Six, three, three fifteen, And he can dunk. Um, mm-hmm. And not just, you know, I mean, not, not just kind of a go up there and lay it over the rim. Like he can, he can, he can dunk. Um, but he's a really good athlete, uh, really good natural athlete. Uh, another big thing for for high round offensive linemen in, in the last couple of drafts is playing both ways, and he has two way snaps. Um, you know that, that so he he's checking a lot of boxes uh, as far as as being a, a high a high round projection in the long run. Um, another guy who I think, you know, there were some questions about the overall top two, four, seven ranking. I, you know, I like where we've got him ranked, but a guy who, who has been a standout on the field and in track and field throwing Chris Ross. Now I, you know, I look at Ross and think he could kind of, he's got the ceiling still for development. What did you see with him when it was coming down to, to discussions there? Well, he was a guy who after last year, I believe, we got him up to an 89, and again, that's the highest three-star grade. Again, those guys, those guys like 85, 86, and up, like those guys have NFL potential. That that's like the cutoff between 89 and 90 with the label of three-star and four-star. Again, is is a necessary evil in the in the industry, in my opinion, but. Um, you know, if a guy's a, an 86 or an 87, there's gonna there, there's at least a trait or some combination of traits that suggest this guy's gonna could end up being uh, playing at the pro level. Uh, in Ross's case, he's another one with uh, a very strong athletic profile. Um, I mean, monster shot put numbers, uh, 60 feet. He's hit 60 feet a couple of times which is, is like state level, uh, state level, uh, competition. Uh, you know, I think he hit 60 at the, uh, 6A meet last May. Um, you know, with him getting up to as high as we had him last, you know, after his junior year, it, it was always going to be, uh, he's on the four-star radar. Uh, he wound up missing time his senior year. Um, with an injury, he did come back and play well in the playoffs. Uh, I think that the the maybe the lack of exposure as far as as maximum snaps this fall may have capped his upward mobility rankings wise. But I mean, he's, you saw it. We got him up to a. He's one of the highest rated players outside of of the two hundred forty seven guys who have who have that label on them. Uh, Top 35 at his position, top 40 in Texas. Uh, I mean, you know, he's he's somebody who uh, has a very good chance of becoming an impact player and getting drafted. And uh, I, I think that, you know, when people say, well, why wasn't this guy this high, this, uh, you know, we he may end up, you know, he may end up being a, a top three round guy. I mean, he has, he has tools that could uh, – you know, unlock that kind of potential. But when you, when you realize 
the the scope of this. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. I bet I have watched since September. I bet I have watched 12, 1300 different players. Um, and when you realize, you know, there's 247, uh, it's really not that many. And from a micro perspective that people may come from when they're just following one team, one team's recruits, you have a pool of, of guy, you know, you're, you're following anywhere from what, 25 to 75 guys uh, mm-hmm. concerned about what, what they're rated, how they're ranked, all that. Well, you know, that that's, that's a, even just a small fraction of the 200, the top 247, you know, the next 247 after the top 247 are elite high school football players. Um, and that next 247 after that, like those are really, really good players. Uh, I, I think it's, I think even some people who do what we do on a daily basis don't even fully grasp the scope. You know, there's, there's 400 players, 400 FBS caliber players in Texas every cycle. Uh, same for Florida, same for California. Georgia's probably 300. Uh, Louisiana's anywhere from 80 to 120, depending on the year. Um, you know, not, not 400 guys aren't going to go FBS, but I think a couple, few years ago, there was 380-ish in Texas who signed FBS. Like, you know, these, it's, it's tough. It just gets really tough. Uh, it's not only is it tough to, again, quantify and rank these guys against each other, um, you know, who, who's better than who. It's just tough to find the time that is necessary to devote to – all of those 400 guys in Texas or in Florida and much less the entire country, you know, and that's where, that's where our regional guys or our national team who are in the regional spots really come in and where y'all come in, the team site publishers. Um, because like you said, I mean, you see as much, you see as much guys, as many guys live as anybody. And we, you know, we, we trust opinions. And I mean, for me, it's the more information, the better. Uh, you can never have too much information. You just have to be able to sift through it and use your uh, gift of discernment, I guess you could say, to uh, evaluate. And I know that's kind of a long-winded answer if you're talking about Chris Ross, but it's, you know, the bottom line with him is he's he's a four-star guy in the, in the traditional sense of the term. Um, he's long. He's active. He's a multi-sport guy with elite shot put data. Um, you know, if, if you want to put it plainly, yes, that's the kind of guy who four or five years from now, we we could we could look back and be like, dang, I mean, we sh- he should have been, you know, he should have been a, a top 100 or a top 150 or a top 247, you know, like, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of the more you know, um, the less you know, in, in some sense, uh, of the more you know, the more you realize. Uh, I, I'm speaking just me personally. The, the longer I've done this, the more I've learned about it, the more I have realized how difficult it is to 
put these guys, you know, in, in, in the proper buckets and in the right spots. And uh, I think a lot of people who aren't living in it on a daily basis um, are maybe a little overconfident sometimes in, uh, in their opinions. And that's fine. I mean, that's why we love sports. Uh, But it's just, it's, it's just a bear. The process is a bear and, uh, you know, people are like, well, uh, I've had people ask me, are, are you mad you didn't have this guy such and such? It's like, well, yeah, like I, I am, but like I, I, I try not to dwell on, on individual misses, so to speak. You know, you just gotta, you have to follow your philosophy, follow your process and, hope that over the sample size in its entirety that you're, you're, you're doing well, you know. You mentioned, you know, Chris Ross could be a guy you look back on and say that, you know, I hate, I missed that one. I, I, I wanted to ask, is there anybody else in this class you think that about? And I would probably single out Ethan Burke as maybe the biggest lottery ticket as a guy that didn't have a ton of film, but physically, you know, maybe just scratching the surface on his ability. Well, all you got to do to find those kind of guys is look at the the high three-star range. Um, Ethan Berg definitely qualifies. Um, can certainly see, uh, uh, you know, why why somebody would think he should be higher. Um, let's see who else. Derek Brown, um, you know, toolsy, athletic. Uh, you know, I think he and Burke are both 88s, like, that's the thing, man. In my world, if, if, if you were a 87, 88, like you're, you're, a you're dude. Really, yeah, you're a dude. Uh, because there's just so many more 87s and 88s than there are 94s. Like, uh, I think that, I, I, you know, and I, that's, that's not to disprove what I'm saying. Like I, what I mean is, is I think, a lot of people, they follow only those, those 91 to 98 types. Uh-huh. And, and the pool of players that is, is very small. Um, you are going to find, it, I mean, look at the draft every year, you know, it's like, well, it's like, there's more three stars drafted than, than any other. Well, that's because there's more three stars than there are four yeah. stars, and five stars. Like that's just a statistical thing. But the point is, there's a bunch of really, really, really good three stars. Um, and, you know, Derek Brown, Ethan Burke certainly uh, qualify for that. I mean, a, a guy that we have gone back and forth on for a long time, um, just me and you personally talking about is Cam Williams. Uh, you know, I think he's, I think he's an 87 for us. Um, he's, you know, he's one like, like Ross that, you know, a few years from now, you could look back and, and be like, why do you have him that low? It's like, well, he's a high three star and, you know, played great competition and he's long. Uh, it's just, you know, it, is he going to maintain the conditioning? We've seen the weight fluctuate a couple of times. Um, but like, yeah, a 6'5", 360 pound guy with a 6'11", seven foot wingspan who started for two or three years at Duncanville, of course that guy could end up being uh, getting drafted. You know, um, that's one that could, that could come back to haunt us. You know, Xavier Bryce is another one that, that I think fits that bill as a, a very difficult 
eval uh, from a projection sense because of his positional experience and where he projects. Now, having said that, you know, uh, guys who project to the secondary don't necessarily have to have a ton of snaps in the secondary. Um, There's, there's a lot of data that points to offensive skill players being able to flip to the secondary and, and develop very well. And, you know, he's, he's done track and field in 22, six, 200 guy, um, long jump, triple jump. Uh, So, I mean, he's got data. There's, there's, there's clear data points there. He's got the frame, you know, he's kind of wiry strong. He's, he's field fast. Um, you know, the, so those are guys, you know, Ross, uh, Burke, uh, Derek Brown, Cam Williams, Xavier Bryce. Like these are, these are all guys that like, I, I wouldn't want Texas fans to look at, at, especially the guys with three star labels beside them and think, well, why did my team take this guy? Like these are guys I can certainly see why why a, a program would take them because they have clear developmental traits. Well, you have uh, answered a lot of questions, and I appreciate that. I know you're uh, you're in the part of the world now where nobody thinks you live. They all think that you're just ranking five stars or four stars. But you, before we got on and, and started recording, you were telling me that you've been calling through the Central Michigans and Tulane's of the world to uh, grade their guys. Yes, Tulane, Tulsa, New Mexico State, Utah State, Central Michigan, UTEP, Rice, uh, Buffalo, Old Dominion, North Texas, Georgia Southern. <laughs> the list, the list goes on and on. So yeah, it's not only about the guys that Alabama is signing. It's uh, we no. try to everybody gets a look. Um, anybody down at that level? That uh, and I know we, we kind of talked about it's not at that level, it's power five. We talked about Purdue having a really good class. Uh, when you and I were texting last night, anyone down at that level you're seeing that uh, it really stands out to you is man, these guys, uh, these guys got a couple of guys they probably shouldn't have. Well, Marshall has done an excellent job, which is no surprise because Charles Huff was a great recruiter at Alabama. Um, Tulane does a great job every year. Uh, They've got a couple of certified dudes in this class. Um, Cam, uh, his name's Cameron Hamilton, uh, D lineman that, that Tulane signed, who uh, 6'4", 280 with uh, uh, a huge wingspan, um, 34-inch arms. Uh, we put a high three-star grade on. He's got a 45-shot 40, put. High three-star grade on that guy because that guy's got – high developmental upside, especially if you can get twitchier and more sudden. Um, I'll tell you somebody, you know, Tulsa has had some guys drafted in recent, you know, they had uh, Travis Gibson, who was a guy I liked a lot, uh, uh, who was kind of a, a string bean edge rusher at Cedar Hill, that, but always had the frame and uh-huh. you know, gained 50 or 60 pounds at Tulsa and got drafted. They've had a couple guys drafted. Um and they've got a guy out of Smithville, Texas. Uh, I believe his only offer was Tulsa. His name's Charles Hodge the fourth. And over the last two seasons, he caught 15 touchdowns and intercepted 15 passes. Was a 4A 400 meter state qualifier. And you turn his tape on, and he is—he's a baller. Uh, He—he's somebody who. Uh, I mean, there, there's no question he will be. Uh, 
uh, you know, a high upside guy uh, if he develops right at Tulsa. And, you know, again, they've put, they've been putting guys in the draft the last couple of years. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I think that that's the fun, the really fun part is finding those guys. It's, it's just, you know, there's just so many hours in the day that uh, you worry about missing those types. Um, speaking of Marshall, they got a linebacker named James Smire, who is is legit, who is another guy to watch, uh, who checks all the boxes for us. And, and you know, it's, it's just tough. Uh, you know, I think when you live – when you live in this, in this, you know, 78 to 88 range as much as, as, as I do, I think it may help uh, give an appreciation to the guys in the top 247 in, in a different way, maybe than, than somebody disconnected from it. But, uh, it, you know, it, the bottom line for me is that it's fun. Like it, yes, it's, it's a, it's a grind and it's, tiring and um you know i'm pulling all-nighters like i like i used to in the old days and uh but it's fun and and you know it, it also allows me to really devote my fandom to pro sports <laughs> yeah so i can uh that's kind of my getaway you know is like i seeing a college game is i love the game but i don't really pull for anybody and uh pro pro sports i can be the maniacal fanatic that uh that some people may be toward their alma mater well you know the thing we don't talk about either is like you find those guys at marshall and tulsa and all that and that's great for the draft but with the portal the way it is i mean these guys are maybe tomorrow's next big transfer guys you know that's yeah that's something we've talked about too as a as a, as a team is, is that exact thing? Because I mean, some of these guys are going to have a year or two of, of impact at a quality G five spot and then be headed elsewhere. And uh, uh, that's, you know, that, that's something that uh, like, like the Murphy twins from uh, Bishop Lynch who, who played at North Texas. Um, you know, they combined for 15 and a half sacks this year and were, were, you know, I mean, they were terrors off the edge and had a lot to do with North Texas turnaround midseason, going from one and six to six and six. And, you know, they put their names in the portal. Those are guys I think I had, I think I had them as an 85 and an 86 and, and, you know, strong three-star grades and, uh, you know, they put their names in the portal a couple of days ago and they've got offers from Penn State, USC, UCLA, I mean, several others. So, right. That's exactly what you're talking about there. Um, you know, yeah. that's that's going to happen. So even more reason to pay as much attention and d- dedicate as much time as possible to these guys that some that, you know, that a lot of readers might not realize matter, frankly. Mm hmm. Like nobody would have thought of just bringing it back to Texas of Isaiah Naor coming out of Arlington Lamar going to Wyoming that we ever needed to pay him a second thought. And then, you know, he becomes a vital piece of that, that transfer class for him. So. Yeah. And Wyoming's had a couple guys drafted like Tulsa the last couple of years, you know, it's, that's the thing, you know, North Texas, you know, I'm an alma mater, so I follow them pretty closely, but uh, 
they've got like five or six guys in the NFL, you know, like these, these are places that uh, that's something that I I think we, we should and will do better uh, moving forward is I think that you're going to see more G5 representation in the top 247 guys uh, and and in the four stars outside the 247. Um, That's not, you know, last year's draft, I know had 35 G5 draftees. That's not to say there's going to be 35 G5 guys out of the 247, but I think there can be better representation uh, than we've had. Yeah. Well, Gabe, I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a busy busy time period for all of us and uh, I know you're exhausted but uh, thanks for coming on to talk through that stuff and and give the listeners a little more education about what they're looking at for sure I appreciate you having me you do a great job I appreciate it man and uh I'll see you this weekend as we are set to cover seven on seven in the snow yeah yeah if it happens it'll be a good time (laughs) all right thanks appreciate it Gabe thanks man all right have a good one of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.